Okay, so recording. It is October thirteenth, two thousand fifteen, and talking to my talking to my mom, and we're we're gonna start at the beginning. So I don't know what your notes are. It's probably best to kind of maybe just go through those first. And yeah, well, I'm just gonna tell you what what I my earliest memory, vivid memory, is of my brother Jimmy dying. Because he was, uh, do you, did I ever tell you about him? It's been a, it's been a while. I mean, uh, okay. I, well, he years. was born after Judy. She was, I was born in forty-five. She was born in forty-seven, and he was born in forty-eight. But when my mom went to the hospital, the nurse, the doctor hadn't arrived, and in those days, nurses didn't deliver babies, so they told her not to push. Because she want, the nurse wanted to wait till the doctor got there. Well, while his head was in the birth canal, because we all had big heads, he suffered brain damage that was irreversible, and he would never have been able to walk, talk, feed himself, or ever be independent. And they knew that. Okay. But he lived at home, and of course everybody said my dad would just you know, be crushed if they couldn't keep him at home. But there's no way they could have, yeah. you know, with other kids. So they eventually would have had to put him in some kind of a, you know, care facility. But one Sunday, a summer morning or evening, uh, moms, my dad's mother and his youngest brother, Uncle Billy, would come up for hamburgers in the summer. We always grilled hamburgers on Saturday night. And... Uncle Billy went into the house when he got there. He said, I want to go in and say hi to Jimmy, because he had to stay in his crib. He couldn't crawl even, you know. So my uncle went in the house, and he came back out, and he said, Eileen, my mom, he said, you need to come in here. And, of course, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But then my mom went in, and then, of course, she called Dad. And then the next thing that we knew... um, the funeral director came, and he carried Jimmy out in a blanket. And I was only five, but yeah. I knew somehow. We, nobody ever told us that Jimmy, you know, was that disabled or that he would never walk. We we weren't too young to realize that he should have been walking by then. Yeah. But that's and just so one he, of my first memories because it was so uh, dramatic. So he was four when that happened? No, he was two. He was two, okay. He was born in, my, let's see, Judy was born in 47, yeah, because he was born in 48. And I think his birthday was in August, I don't honestly remember, but this was in the summer, so he was pretty close to two. And do you remember, was there a funeral, or what What was the next couple of weeks like? You know, like? I don't, and I, I feel sure that there wasn't a funeral. I'm sure they had a service, yeah. but I don't think it was a formal funeral. And he's buried in the cemetery there, and there. so is my mom and dad and, you know, Anybody else in the family, they had a plot. Yeah. But, you know, at the time, I remember that I realized somehow that he had died. I don't know if anybody said it to me. And I don't, I remember Judy, She. I was talking to her the other day about this stuff, and she said that she re, she had the same feeling at the time. She knew that he had died. But neither one of us can remember my older brother, John. I don't even remember him being there, but he obviously was. Yeah. But I was closer to my sister than I was to my brother, you know, at that age, because he would have been seven. He would have been old enough to understand what was happening. 
But it's just one of my first memories, and unfortunately it's sad, but it's also a blessing because we all said if Dad had had to give him up and put him in a home, even though he would have been able to go see him, Jimmy would never have had any you know, recognition of his parents. He was yeah. un- incapable of it. But I think God knew what he was doing when he took him. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it was a blessing. But that's one of the earliest memories I have. There's probably a few little minor things that I could recall, yeah. but that was pretty significant. And the other thing that I remember from <clears throat> that period of time, starting then, is that we always went to uh, Mom's, that's Dad's mother, we called her Mom's. We always went to her house on Christmas afternoon. We'd have Christmas at our house with Santa Claus gifts. And then we'd go down to her house, and she had gifts for all of us and my dad's two brothers and their kids and we used to laugh she <laughs> she worked at a department store when she was older and and she worked making draperies custom made draperies in their department for that so she was always in this department store and on her lunch hour she'd go find all these bargains <laughs> for christmas presents <laughs> and she she'd bury them like she'd put them in her uh, she had a cedar chest and, you know, chests of drawers that she didn't use. And she'd have these presents all over her house. And, of course, we didn't know where they were. <laughs> and then she'd wrap them up at Christmas and put them under the Christmas tree, and then we'd all go down there. And she'd say, um, to like the oldest grandchild or my dad or Uncle Bill, Bobby or Billy, and she'd say, show me that present, I'll tell you who it's for. <laughs> she never <laughs> put names on them. And then she'd look at them. And sometimes she'd shake him and she'd say, let me think what this is. And she'd give it to somebody. And, you know, like she'd give it to the wrong person and we, we used to get the biggest kick out of it. But she who always did, had presents for everybody. And who would all be there? Is that? Well, it would be my dad's two brothers. I don't know if you ever met either of them. Dad was the oldest. And then Uncle, we called him Uncle Bobby. His name was Robert. He was next. And he was married at that time. And they eventually had five kids, so I have five cousins on that side. And then Uncle Billy was the youngest son, and he didn't get married till he was a little older. He fought in World War II. I don't know when he got married, but um, I think I was about 14. So if I was born in 45, that would have been... 59? 59, yeah, that's when it was. So he was a little bit older when he got married, but he still had five kids. So the two of them would be there for Christmas. Oh yeah, well as many as there were, obviously. Yeah. Were Were any of Uncle Bobby's kids uh, your age that would be there too? No, their oldest son was, I think, the year between Judy and me, because we're two years apart. Okay. So he was probably a year younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. But you know, we didn't see them. All the time, but we always saw them a couple of times a year, you know, at Christmas and Easter, because at Easter, moms would have an Easter egg hunt in the backyard, and this was the other thing we used to laugh about. She would color the eggs, and I don't know how many she colored. I never <laughs> stopped to count. And this when Uncle Billy still lived at home, and he would take them out and help her hide them in her little backyard. She had this tiny cottage that she was renting when my dad's dad died. And when he died, Dad was 12, and Uncle Bobby would have been probably 9 or 10, and Billy was younger than that. She had no source of income. They didn't have Social Security in those days. 
Yeah. So she talked to the man that she was renting the house from, and he agreed that he would let her apply her rent payment to the purchase price of, of the house, and who knows what that was. And then she started baking, and she would bake pies and cakes and cookies and rolls, and the boys would go around the neighbors and sell them, and that's what she lived on until she got this job at the department store. And it where was, was where was that little cottage? Do you remember what street that uh, was? It was in town, down on 6th Street, kind of in the downtown part of Portsmouth. I don't know that you were ever there. But she got a job at the department store there in town, and it was a decent-sized department store. And Uncle Billy, for the longest time, because he lived at home, he would drive her to work. And a lot of times, if he couldn't pick her up, either Uncle Bobby or my dad would pick her up. But she never had a car. She never drove a car in her life. And she didn't know how, or just didn't ever. She did Well, she didn't have a car. Huh. And she didn't need one because the boys took her where she needed to go, and I. She just never would have been able to afford one, and didn't want one. Yeah. She was happy the way she was, and she had friends. She played bridge, and you know, one of them would pick her up if they weren't playing at her house. And but she never drove a car in her life. Well. But she was born. I, I think she was born in 1897. That's your dad's mom. Yes, and she died the year that Mike was born, 78. So she was about 81, and she died of liver cancer. She went to the doctor one day for a checkup. He told her she had liver cancer and she had six weeks to live. She just accepted it. She didn't have any pain with it. And I flew home. Mike was only six weeks old. And I flew home to see her one last time because I knew she, you know, had been diagnosed with the cancer. Yeah. And we had a great visit. She was very accepting of it. And I couldn't stay for the funeral because nobody knew exactly when she would die, obviously, and I had to get back. But I was glad that I made the trip and got to see her one last time. What was, I mean, what was your interaction like growing up with her? Well, Did you had a good relationship with her? Or oh, yeah. She was, she oh, was yeah. involved? Oh, yeah. We saw her. She would come up for dinner. We always went, like I said, to her house for holidays. But we didn't live close enough to her to walk to her house or anything. But my mom would have her up to our house for dinner, like for Thanksgiving, and she mm-hmm. always made pumpkin pies. That's how I learned to make pies. <laughs> she, she was a pie maker. Oh, yeah, she she spent time with, you know, all of her family. I mean, she she loved them and but she was by herself a lot too and after she retired from the department store job she did retire and then she took in uh people that needed their clothes altered they'd come to yeah. her house and try them on and she'd mark them and fix them and so she always was making money I mean, hmm. she wasn't rich but she never had to become you know dependent on welfare or anything like that so she's okay. kind of an example for people you know yeah. It was hard times, but she didn't let it get in the way. Is there any qualities that she had that you think you've had in your life? Um, well, other than caring for family, I can't think of anything specific. She was yeah. very patient. We used to kid her a lot because Uncle Billy, he's the one that lived with her the longest, and <laughs> he would tease her, and she would always pretend to be mad She'd say, oh, Bill, quit that, <laughs> things like that. So, I mean, they really, you know, got along, but he liked to kid around with her. 
and I th- I'm sure she was glad that he was with her because he didn't get married. What did I say? Till fifty nine. Yeah. And he were he fought in World War Two, so he was quite a bit older. But he still had five kids. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, but no, she was just a, a a caring person, and I think I have that quality. Yeah. That she cares about other people. But she used to kid around with Uncle Billy and act like she was mad at him, but I know she was <laughs> What about your uh, your mom's parents? Well, my mom's dad died when I was six years old. He had, I believe it was a brain tumor, brain cancer. And I remember him just vaguely. We called him Papa, and that was probably a nickname that the kids, his kids had for him. But I was and- only six it, when he died. Right, and even though you were six, I mean, what what have you learned about him or who he was or what he did? Or Well, he was a, a train engineer. And he, he lived in Portsmouth, too? or mm-hmm. he... They lived in Portsmouth. Now, they were raised in uh, up the river in somewhere in Kentucky. They always, Mom always says it's back in the, you know, uh, oh, I don't know the term she used, but, you know, they didn't live in a town. They lived yeah. In, you know, in Kind of in the yeah, sticks or something. Farmers. I, I never knew the next generation back. And I didn't right. know Papa very well because I was only six when he died. Yeah. Now, my grandmother, his wife, Nettie was her name. That's my mom's mom. She lived in the house that they had been living in until all of the, her kids were grown and married. And then at some point, and I don't remember how many years it was, but I'm thinking I was probably in maybe sixth or seventh grade, she met a man who I think lived in that neighborhood. And he'd walk down and they'd sit on the porch together. And they eventually got married. And his name was Charlie. And he had a a winter home in Florida. So every year after that... in Where where was that, you know, in Florida? Um, I think it was near St. Petersburg. But don't quote okay. me on that because I'm not sure. <laughs> but I think that's right. But they would go down there in the winter, so we didn't see them in the winter. They were never there for Christmas. Um, And then at some point, as they got older, they decided, because he had this, Charlie had a home down there, they decided to move down there, and they sold the house that they had in Portsmouth. And I don't think they ever came back to Portsmouth at all after that. And she died down there and is buried down there somewhere, I think. I think my brother might know that, but I don't. But I know she's not buried in Portsmouth. What was her last name? Her last name, which was my mom's maiden name, is Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S. And what was, before she moved, I guess, how how much did you see her? I mean, I I guess she only... Yeah, before they moved, I mean, what do you well, know about her? Well, when they were in town, we would see them, you know, every week or two. You know, Mom would go over and visit. But we didn't have as close a relationship with her. And just when I look back on it, I think that there was some ill feeling because after Jimmy died, my brother that I just yeah. told you about, yeah, my mom, of course, was devastated, any mother and parent would be. And somehow she made a connection with the nuns that uh, served in the local hospital. They're no longer there because there's not enough of them. But one of them, and I don't know which nun it was because I was too young. I I wasn't in school yet. 
but one of the nuns, my mom always told us, helped her con- convert to to Catholicism because she wasn't a Catholic when my dad married her. In fact, they couldn't get married inside the church. They had to get married in the rectory because dad was Catholic and she wasn't. Hmm. But she became a Catholic and was baptized as a Catholic at some point after Jimmy died. I don't know exactly when that was. but uh, And after that, we all went to church. She went all the time. But before that, my dad would go on Sunday, and, of course, she would stay home with us. But after he or she converted, they we all went to church. Well, we did before that, as soon as we were old enough to go. And what you were saying, she kind of, what did you, she, you thought there was some ill will towards... Well, I think that, now this has never been, nobody ever talked about it, but my mom always felt that her mother, I I can't think of the word to use, but it was because my mom became a Catholic. I think there was some prejudice there, and there would be no reason for it, probably other than people that she knew in her family. You know, Catholics have had, you know, at times over all the years, you know, that, some people like us and some don't, but that's what I've heard in the family. But it wasn't anything that was, you know, yeah. uh, real obvious, you know. Yeah. What did she do for work? You know, I don't think she ever worked outside the home. My Her husband, Papa, my mom's dad, he worked for the railroad. And yeah. I'm guessing that she probably got a widow's pension hmm. after he died because she never worked. I mean, they, you know, had a garden and stuff like that, but she didn't ever have a, a job that I was aware of. And yeah. I think I would be. And we didn't have holidays with her, you know. Yeah. It's just because it was a custom to go to mom's. But. And did you see, did she have any sisters, or did Papa have any brothers or sisters that would uh, break? They did, but I think she had, where did I, I was reading something the other day, I don't know if Dad's, been trying to find that book that he has all the family tree stuff in, and he's misplaced it. But she had, and I can't remember where I read this. It must have been in Dad's book. She had something like 12 siblings, but they didn't all survive. You know what I mean? Her mom yeah. had. And um, I don't know where any of them are buried. And some of the names, wherever I was reading that, I think Dad had it in something, um, I heard some of the names, so some of them survived, and I would hear people talk about them. But I, we never met or were close to any of her uh, uncles. Were they in Ohio or Kentucky or around no, you? No, you... most of them stayed in Kentucky, from okay. what I read in this uh, genealogy stuff that Dad had. And yeah. if we get that, it'll it'll help you fill in some of these gaps. But, you know, we weren't close to that generation, for one thing, because it was yeah. too many... Uh, generations away from us, but we, you know, we saw moms, and we saw moms the most because she lived right there. But Grandma, we didn't see as much because after she married Charlie, you know, they weren't even there all winter. So it was only when she came back in the summer that we'd see her. And it wasn't like we didn't care for her, didn't ever see her, but she just wasn't there that much. Yeah. You know? and then what were what were your parents like? Well, they were always. Dedicated to us. I guess start with your mom. Yeah, and and they both obviously wanted to have a lot of kids, and they did. (laughs) But when Jimmy died, I I was too young to understand really what it would have meant as a parent to lose a child. I I knew it was sad, but you you can't 
imagine that until you've had kids. Yeah. But my dad, knowing how he's very, very emotional, and I'm sure it practically killed him, even though he knew that it was going to happen. I mean, they knew that Jimmy would not probably live very long, or if he did, he would have to be in a home. And that would have yeah. broke his heart, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were always, they always made time for each other. They played canasta, you know, with friends. Or they'd go down to the Elks Club. They belonged to the Elks Club, and they loved to dance. And they would go down there like on a Saturday night. And that's one thing that my mom's mother did come over sometimes and babysit for the rest of us while they went down and, and did their dancing. And she would do that more than moms did, and I think it was just because, you know, it was something she could do for us. Yeah. And and she liked to play cards. She's the one that taught us to play how to how to play Crazy Eights and, you know, the kids' cards game, but she loved to play cards. So, yeah, we, you know, we had a relationship with her. It's just that we weren't as close to her as moms because she didn't live there for most of the year yeah. when we were growing up. But and what's your, what's your mom's name? Eileen, just okay. like my middle name, E-I-L-E-E-N. And her first name is actually Grace, but she never went by that name. She was always called Eileen. What was your, I guess, relationship to your mom growing up? Like, what did... How did she affect your life? Well, she was always there, and she had rules, and, you know, she made us do our jobs. Although she, it's funny because I remember telling her, you know, one time that you guys were doing your own laundry. (laughs) (laughs) She just said, I would never have asked you to do laundry or clean the bathrooms. I said, I know. We would help her clean house, but she didn't want us to clean the bathrooms. And it was only because she didn't think we could get them clean enough for her. <laughs> but she never asked us to do laundry, and I don't know why, because heaven knows she had a ton of laundry to do, but it's just not something she ever expected us to do. But we certainly learned how to take care of ourselves somehow. I mean, it isn't like I went off to college and didn't know how to wash my own clothes, but yeah. it wasn't something she did. And I think it was just because she was old-fashioned, and that was the mom's job, you know, yeah. to wash and cook and she liked to cook? Oh, yeah. She she was a good cook. But it was all home cooking, you know. We very rarely went out. Once in a great while in Lent, there was a, a bar that my dad knew the guy that owned it. And it wasn't a sleazy bar. It was a nice bar. But they had a restaurant in the back. And during Lent, they would serve fish sandwiches. And, of course, he knew all the Catholics. And they'd all go down there because in Lent, we couldn't eat meat. <laughs> so we'd go down there for a fish sandwich, a small bottle of Coke. You know those little small bottles that you Yeah. Use? They'd have those bottles or Cokes in a bottle. And I don't even think they had French fries, but they might have. I've kind of forgotten. But it was just a fish sandwich and either chips or fries and a Coke. And that was the biggest treat for us because we didn't eat out. In the first place, there weren't a lot of restaurants. It was a yeah. small town. One of the first restaurants we had was a Frisch's Big Boy. <laughs> You've heard of those, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. But we, you know, we were in high school, excuse me, high school by then, and if we were out with friends driving around, we'd go in and eat there. But we, as a family, we didn't eat out very much. We couldn't afford it. Yeah. Kids, six kids after Jimmy. Did your uh, Did your mom have any hobbies or anything besides raising you guys? Mm -mm. Not really. I wouldn't. Nothing I would call a hobby. She certainly was busy, but yeah. Did she ever work when you guys were growing up? 
the last job she had was uh, before they got married. She was a lifeguard. Do you remember the pool in Portsmouth? I don't know if you ever got to Is that the one with the, uh, the, the islands? Huh? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom uh, was a lifeguard there when she was in high school and probably when she finished high school because she didn't go to college. And then she got married. Um, she was born in 1921. She was only 21 when she got married, but she never had an out-of-the-house out job. She always did a lot of volunteer work as we got older and didn't take as much of her time. Yeah. Was she born in Portsmouth, too? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. She sure was. I don't know how she met my dad, either, because um, I know they double-dated with a friend of dad's, and his date was a Catholic girl, but I don't know how my mom got into that group, but they met in a group, and kind of double dated and they used that same couple used to come and play uh, canasta or something with my parents you know they'd take turns at each other's house playing cards in those days was a form of entertainment people didn't always have a movie to go to we only had a couple of theaters there and going to a movie was not you know what it became later on but playing cards and playing games was more typical when Mm. couples got together so, what uh, what was the couple? Do you remember their names? Uh, the one that my mom and dad that I just am talking about uh, was they called him Du Banana because the man's name was Paul, but his last name was Duplain, D-U-P-L-A-I-N. But his nickname all through school was Dupe. <laughs> and Anna. So, and Anna was his wife. And their daughter was in my high school class or I went to school all the way through school with her. Her name was Patty. Patty Duplin. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to spend the night with each other. I mean, that was what it was like in the, you know, in a Catholic school. You, it was a much smaller school than what you guys went to. You know, there was a first grade, a second grade, a, you know, through eighth grade. So you you went to school with the same kids for those eight years of elementary school, so you knew them really well. And then we had a joint high school with another parish that had their own elementary school. So you got new friends when you went to high school. And what was your uh what was your dad like? Uh, very hard working. That's the way I would describe him. In fact when when we were real little he uh was working at the steel mill, which is how he was able to get married when he did. He was making $50 a week when they got married, and that was considered a lot of money at that time. Can you imagine that? $50 so that was, a week. So they got married in 40, the 40s? 42? 42. But um, just to make ends meet, when we when they started having all of us kids, he opened up a photography studio with... Uh, the wife of a man that he worked with who was real artistic, and she helped him, you know, pose the kids and do the little portfolios and stuff. I vaguely remember that because I was pretty young when he did that, and it had to be a part-time job because he was still working at the steel company, steel mill. What do you do at the the steel mill? He's a sales manager. He actually, you know, did the selling, and he later, as he advanced, he, he would travel all over the state and up to Detroit and different places 
there were companies that bought steel from his company, which was called Detroit Steel because that's where it was based. But he was a sales sales manager until they closed. They closed that steel mill, and I think it was the year Judy got married. And uh, he was devastated. But he found another job working as a sales manager for a trucking company in a little town north of Portsmouth called Oak Hill. And he was successful at that and did it till he retired. And um, how long do you do the photography? I was too young to tell you that. I don't remember. I don't think it was more than a couple of years because he just didn't have the time for it, I'm guessing. By the time you have five kids and a full-time job, you just don't have much time for it. So I don't think it was a very long time. But he did have a little space rented downtown somewhere. You know, that he used as a studio where people would come and pose their kids for portraits and stuff like that. And he was a good photographer. I don't know how he got interested in it, but he was good at it. And he, he always take, t- took a lot of pictures. In fact, he take you guys pictures? I was, well, I called my oldest brother, John, <coughs> to see if he knew what happened to what I remember as the family album that Dad kept. And it was all black and whites, of course, and they were pasted in the album. And um, John said when he emailed me back that he had an album, but it wasn't the one that my dad had. It was a, it was a later one, but he said it had family pictures in it. And then I just made a note of it, and I told him I'd be in touch. But Judy thinks, I talked to her, she thinks that the album that my dad had, she thinks Uncle Jerry has it. And he never answers his phone, so she's going to try to talk to him for me. Okay. See if we can get it. If we got it, what would you? Can you make copies of it, or what do you want to do with it? We'd uh, we digitize it, scan stuff in. Do what? Say that again. I'd scan it in. Oh, scan it. Okay. But you'd have to have the actual thing there to do it. Correct. Okay. Well, I can work on that, and once we get it, we'll figure out a way to get it to you. Okay. Yeah, because. I know it's around. Somebody's got it. And I'm pretty sure the reason I think Jerry has it is that Jeff had it, and Jeff's now living in Cincinnati, so I'm I'm guessing it's at the house that he was sharing with uh, Uncle Jerry. Okay. But I'll check on it, and we'll, we'll find it. I'm going to okay. make myself a note here. And it's not, you know, it's nothing like, I mean, Dad was a good photographer, but, I mean, it's family stuff, but it isn't anything yeah. where we sat and posed in a studio. Right. You know what I mean? It was just typical family things, but it would yeah. be fun for you guys to see. I haven't seen it in umpteen years, but I know it's still around. Nobody would throw it away. We just have to see who's got it and get it shipped out here. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we can go back to if you had any other early childhood memories. I did want to kind of talk about each of your siblings. You do want to? Yeah. Well, the the next level that I have just jogged or jotted down in my notes is elementary school. But if you want to talk about my siblings first, we can do that. Uh, we can do elementary school. Well, the only thing that I can tell you, I don't remember all of my teachers, but they were all nuns. Because what was the what was the name of the school? Saint Mary's, and that was part of Saint Mary's Church that we attended. And they built this school. I don't know how long it was there, but my dad went there, even to the high school. Okay. So that's where we all went to elementary school. 
and all of the teachers up until, oh, I think my sister had a lay teacher. Judy had one in maybe fifth or sixth grade because the school grew so much and the nuns were in a shortage because people, you know, women didn't continue to become nuns. That that started changing at some point. Yeah. But the one nun that I remember, and everybody who ever had this teacher had, remembers her. Her name was Sister Benedicta. These were women who took another name when they became a nun. I don't right. know what her real name was, but she was Sister Benedicta, and she was a saint. She was the sweetest, gentlest person. And these classes that they taught, there must have been 50 kids in a class. I don't even know how they got the desks in the room. But she was the most patient, caring, loving, and wonderful teacher. Everybody remembers her that had her. In fact, I talked to Judy the other day. She went to her 50th high school reunion. Yeah. And um, Sister Benedicta's name came up in some table she was sitting at. And Judy said, well, everybody had Sister Benedicta for first grade. And this one gal raised her hand and she said, not me. I was in, and she named another teacher. And apparently uh, that was the year that they had too many kids for one teacher. So they hired somebody else, and I think it was a layperson. And huh. this one one member of Judy's class was disappointed that she didn't have Sister Benedicta, but, you know, was still in the same school. And then the other nun that I remember was Sister Loretta, L-O-R-E-T-T-A. And I think I had her the first time in third grade, and then in eighth grade she was the principal of the school, but she also taught, I think it was probably the religion class to the 8th graders, and I don't remember who we had for the others. And the only other teacher that was a nun <clears throat> that I remember vividly <clears throat> was my 4th grade teacher, and her name was Sister Lambert, L-A-M-B-E-R-T. I have no idea where that name came from. <laughs> but she was kind of, her reputation, though, she was rough and gruff. You know, she was just, not that she was bitchy, but just more serious. Yeah. But she was a wonderful teacher. And, of course, I got along with all of them because I was always, you know, straight-A student and probably a teacher's pet. But <laughs> what did I know about it? You always, did, you always did well in school? Oh, yeah. In, el- in elementary school, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was always A's. I probably had maybe two B's in eight years. Why do you think that was? Is that something your parents instilled or just No, I you just liked think it. I just liked it and, and I'm pretty smart. And yeah. you know, school was not hard in those days. I I don't mean that it wasn't good, it just you know, it wasn't that hard to me. There were kids that didn't pass things, but yeah. the other thing that we did in a Catholic school that I don't know if we I ever told you, we had to go to mass every day. Yeah. And and our neighbor, Mr. Glockner, <clears throat> when we moved to the house that, you know, my mom and dad lived in when they died, um, he was the Chevy dealer, and his dealership was close to our school, so he always took us all and dropped us off at church. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to Mass every day, and then we, of course, we had breakfast at home, but we had Mass, and then we'd go over to school, and then I think we had a school bus that dropped us off, at, you know, at home. We didn't have to. We were too far to walk. Yeah. And the other thing that I remember about the school, every year in the spring, 
on Ascension Thursday, which is the celebration of Christ ascending into heaven, and they call it Ascension Thursday. It used to be a holy day of obligation where all Catholics had to go to church and mass that day. Yeah. That's not true anymore. People don't do it. They could. But but anyway, on that day, the school closed, and we had a parish picnic out at the Boy Scout camp. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a whole, a whole day thing. They had games. They had food. We would bring a sack lunch for lunch, and then our families would come out in the evening and bring the dinner meal as a picnic. And it was our favorite day of the year because the whole <laughs> school was there. And we... Some of the older, like high school kids, would take groups of us on hikes because it was in a Boy Scout camp area, so there were good places to hike. That, so that was thing, like early in spring, too, right? So. Uh huh. Ascension Thursday. It was in. I think I, I should look up the date, but I, I am pretty sure it was in May, sometime. And the other thing I remember about elementary school is that when it was time to get our report cards, which was every six weeks the parish pastor, St. Mary's church pastor, would come over to the school, stand up in front of each classroom, and read our grades aloud to our entire classmates. Everybody knew what everybody else got on their report card. Can you imagine anybody trying to do that today? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Isn't that funny? Of course, I didn't care because I always got straight A's. Why did they do that? Is that to, was that to shame well, people? I to... think it was just a custom. I mean, I I didn't even question it because that's just the way it always was. Yeah. But they would never do that now. Somebody would probably sue them. <laughs> <laughs> and the only kids that were embarrassed by it were the kids that didn't get good grades. But they didn't care because they didn't care about the grades, you know. So why did yeah. they care if anybody else knew? But that's just one of the funny things that I remember about Catholic school, but... And then how long were you in elementary school? That went to sixth grade? No, eighth grade. Okay. And then right to high school. So before we get into high school, like, did you, I mean, was it all basic schooling or did you have electives or, like, did you? No, we didn't have any electives. It was standard reading, math, social studies, geography. Um, we didn't ever have any foreign language. Penmanship was big. Nuns were big on penmanship. <laughs> Um, Did you do any typing or anything? What's that? Typing or anything? No, not in not in grade school. In high okay. school, I did. Yeah. But we had music, and we had art. Our classroom teachers usually taught us art, and then there was usually a music teacher that would come into each class. And this music more more sing, music singing or instrument singing. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have any PE or anything like that because we didn't have a gym. We had a cafeteria. We could eat our meals there, and there was cooked food or you could bring your sack lunch. But we didn't have um, any physical education. There was no place to do it. We'd go out at recess, you know, and run around and play games, and they had a couple of basketball nets, you know, for the boys. Yeah. Who were your... Who were your friends growing up, kind of between kindergarten and eighth grade? Who were my friends? Yeah. Well, there was uh, Patty Duplin. That's uh, my parents' friend's daughter. And she had a cousin, Barb Duplin. They were related through their dads. And let's see, there was another gal named Kathy Reed. 
she and I were close. And the third one in that group with, with Kathy and me was a girl named Leah, L-E-A-H, and her last name was Blankenship, B-L-A-N-K-E-N-S-H-I-P. That's a name you don't hear anymore. Yeah. But we were always good friends, and we'd, you know, have sleepovers with each other or have slumber parties and giggle together. <laughs> but I could, you know, name a bunch of other kids in my class, but I wasn't close to many of them. So those three, kind of four of you were kind of a group? Yeah, Kathy and Leah and I were always good friends. And Kathy, I don't think, moved to Portsmouth until her mom moved there after her dad died. They had lived in Boston, I think, but she had family in Portsmouth, so she moved there with Kathy and her sister. And they um, lived real close to the school and the church, right behind it, in fact. But her mom's been long gone, and she lives somewhere in New York. I never hear from her. I wouldn't even know where to write to her. Hmm. But, you know, those were, that's who I played with, and we had sleepovers. (laughs) But we didn't have sports for girls in those days. You just didn't. That's that's a relatively new thing. Did you you read a lot? Mm Mm-hmm. Always went to the library. What kind of books? Fiction, mostly. Stories. Not remember a, do you remember a favorite book kind of during that time? I don't. But yeah. I read I read a lot. And we would go to the library in the summer and bring home books. I, I yeah. was an avid reader. But I, I can't say there was any typical type of book except it was fiction, but not, not anything else. Yeah. And just light stuff, you know. Yeah. But I was always... I always had a book to read. And then where did you go to high school? Notre Dame High School, and that was where St. Mary's kids went, and the other parish in town was called Holy Redeemer. And when they joined and formed the high school, they named it Notre Dame. Before that, there was a St. Mary's High School and a a, uh, Holy Redeemer High School, but they closed those and used the buildings, you know, for the younger grades and built a new high school, and it was up closer to where my mom and dad live, or lived. They're not going to live there anymore. Um, And, you know, it was a nice new school and had a chapel and a football field. So when you went went there, was it fairly new? Is that what you're kind of... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if I can remember. So you would have been 61? Well, I graduated from eighth grade in 59, and I never went to any other high school, so I don't know if. Well, my brother John went there, so it didn't. It didn't open in '59. It must have opened in maybe '55 or '57, something like that. Okay. Because John went there too, and all of the rest of us. But we. Then what, I was yeah. in the first class. Any and memories then, from high school? Um. Nothing real outstanding. I again. Sports were the thing for boys, but for girls they didn't have sports. Not that I was ever athletic. I wasn't. But I was the editor of the school newspaper, and I was president of the library club. Now, don't ask me what we did. (laughs) But what we did mostly was we had a monthly meeting, and I think we would talk to the whoever was running the library, whatever nun it was, and, you know, made suggestions for books and helped them put the, you know, books that had been checked out back on the shelves. 
but we had meetings. I don't know what they were for now that I think about it, but I, you know, participated in that. The other thing I was in in high school was the Glee Club, which was just a performing, you know, like a choir. Yeah. Uh, and we would have concerts. And we always went to the football games. You know, girls, if you were a cheerleader, you that you could participate. But other than that, we'd just go and watch the games. Yeah. I had a lot of slumber parties with my girlfriends in high school. Were those uh, Kathy and Leah or other girls? Yeah, and other girls sometimes. It depends on how big the person's house was. But we'd just get together and spend the night on the weekend. It wasn't any big to do. Yeah. Were Kathy and Leah your kind of close friends in high school, or did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And then I graduated in 63, and I was the class valedictorian. Had to give a speech, and I was a nervous wreck. It wasn't much of a speech, but... <laughs> yeah, what was your speech on? What's that? What did you say in your speech? Do you remember any of it, or...? Um, I don't remember it, but I think I have a copy of it, and I'm trying to think where that would be. I think I have a, b- a box somewhere, and it might be in the basement. I'd have to I'd have to really look for it. I'm not even sure that I still have it. You know, a, a box of high school stuff. Yeah. It would probably be in there, but I'd have to look for it. And I'm I'm not 100% sure that I even still have it. But I can yeah. take a look sometime. Yeah. When I, when I'm how big there. How big was your graduating class? Ours was the smallest class up to that point, and it probably was for a long time, but now the school has, because so many people can't afford to pay tuition, yeah. their their graduating classes now are usually somewhere between 20 and 25 students is all. And how many was yours, like 20, 25 well, or 50? Well, ours or? was 42, and that was the smallest one. And then Judy's class, which was two years later, there were, what did she tell me we were talking about that not too long ago? I want to say close to 100, maybe 92 or something oh, like that. Wow. Which for a small town is a yeah. class, you know. Yeah. But um, part of that was the baby boom, you know, because she was born in 47, so everybody was home from the war yeah. and having babies, you know. So that's partly why the class size varied. Did but you date got, anyone in date anyone that, in high school? Did you date anyone in high school? Um, we didn't really date a lot. I had a few dates here and there, but I never went with anybody, as people said in the day. You know, somebody that I had studied for a long time. Although, there was a guy that, <clears throat> his name was Chuck Robinson. He actually moved to Portsmouth, I think, when we were juniors. He lived at Columbus, and his mom moved down there. I, I think his dad either died or they got divorced. And I had a few dates with him, but he dated everybody. You know, he was a good-looking guy. And and then he went off, to, and after we graduated, he um, went into that program that the FBI has yeah. in Washington. And, of course, we all were envious that he had this, you know, exciting job. But he didn't like it. And what he did is he got a scholarship, a football scholarship, to a college in South Dakota, and I don't remember the name of it. But it was a scholarship. You know, and he could yeah. play football, and he got his degree up there, and I think he still lives up there. He married somebody mm. from South Dakota, and I think they still live up there. Did you have a uh, a prom or anything like that? Yes, we had a prom. Do you remember who your date was your senior year? Um, well, we had two. We'd had a, one our junior year and one our senior year, and I, I'm thinking 
I can remember one of the dates, I think, was this guy named Dave Teakin. His last name is T-H-I-E-K-E-N. And I'd gone to school with him since first grade. And I went to one of the proms with him, but I don't remember the other one. It might have been Chuck, but I I honestly don't remember. That's pathetic. <laughs> it's fine. Well, you can tell, you can tell mem- how important mem- that mem- person yeah, was. Yeah, memorable, memorable date. Yeah, right. But, you know, it was really just our chance to dress up and, you know, go to a dress-up affair. It wasn't like we were yeah. trying to, you know, impress our boyfriend or anything. <laughs> it was different back then. You know, people just dated and went out in groups. We didn't have to go steady like girls now. You know, they've always got somebody. I mean, it's just a totally different world, and I understand yeah. that. Did you have any um, electives or anything at, in high school? outside of general No, classes. I don't think we did. I mean, it's not like we all took exactly the same thing because one of the courses that I was able to take was typing, which I wanted to do because I wanted to know how to type. And I'm glad I did because when computers came around, <laughs> I already knew the keyboard. Yeah. And that was an elective only because it was a part of the business curriculum. Like if you were going to go into business and work rather than go to college, you could take shorthand, typing, you know, that kind of thing. But I had to have special permission to take typing. But I got it because I had a study hall that I was willing to give up in my schedule to take it. Hmm. And I'm glad I did because when I got to college, I knew how to type. And when I knew how to type, when computers came out, I was ready to go. Yeah. You know, but otherwise I wouldn't have been able to take a class in it. I would have had to, you know, pay privately for a class. Yeah. Did you have a car in high school? No, but... Um, How'd you get around? Well, for one thing, our neighbor took us to school or we got rides from friends. But then at some point, my dad bought a second car. And like my jo- brother John could drive, and then when I could drive, I we'd take turns with it. But we never all had a car. But there was usually one extra car that my dad would provide and then when it would wear out he'd get another but they were used cars you know they weren't anything yeah to write home about but they got us around and he couldn't you know he couldn't well i i take that back he had a car and my mom had a station wagon when we were all older because she had to take us places and dad i don't even remember what kind of a car he had to go to work in but it wasn't anything you know expensive yeah but we had a station wagon, and that's what we took if we went as a family somewhere. Did you work in high school? Yes, I did. I uh, got that? my first job when, well, I did babysitting, obviously, in the neighborhood for 50 cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but there were a lot of families on the street that, first of all, had younger kids, and secondly, knew us you know, and knew our family, so they would hire us to babysit. And it was great. I mean, 50 cents an hour was what everybody was making. It didn't seem cheap to us. But then when I was a junior in high school, one of my classmates got a job, which was near her house, not mine, at a donut shop. It was a local donut shop. It's still there. It's called Krispy Kreme, and it's the best donut in the world. (laughs) And when I found out that she was working there, I said, do you think I could get a job there? And she said, yeah, you know, they're looking for other people or whatever. And I went down and interviewed. So then she and I were the part-time. We'd work like Saturday afternoons and weekday evenings when the older employees didn't want to work. But we got a dollar an hour. 
so I doubled my money. <laughs> and I and I still did babysitting, you know. It wasn't like I didn't ever babysit after that, but but that was my big money. Adult. And did you did you make donuts or did you work uh, the register? No, we worked at the counter. They sold them like a bakery would sell them, and then they had a little uh, uh, like a bar stool counter, and people would sit down and have coffee and a donut, and we'd hmm. serve them and clean up the dishes. And but no, we didn't have anything to do with making the donuts. We were just the front. Did you but, enjoy uh, it? Oh yeah, it was fun. It made me money. I didn't, and I didn't work for a long time. The longest shift I would have would be like after school for maybe three or four hours at the most, because they closed early. And they closed at eight o'clock. And that's not the same Krispy Kreme that became like nationwide Krispy no, Kreme. No, it has nothing to do with it. And when I heard Krispy Kreme out here and tasted their donuts, they are totally worthless compared to what I sold. <laughs> you guys I mean, had the good stuff. Seriously, there I don't know what they did to those donuts, but they were the best. And they made the glazed donuts like everybody has, and then they had cake donuts too, and they had like cream filled and all of that. But my favorite was always their regular Krispy Kreme. There's nothing like them. And how long did you work there? Till I went off to college. <laughs> yeah, and that I was there that summer before I went summer, to school. Huh? Yeah, just oh, okay. So you started working there after high school? No, I started working there when I was a junior in high school. Okay. Yeah, like after school, a couple of nights a week and one weekend. But then when I went off to college, I I wanted to work and and make some money, so I registered at the office where you could do different school jobs. I don't remember what I did though. I wasn't. I don't think I was able to get a job probably till my second year. But then my third year, I know for sure there was a theater at the college I went to that was very popular in Cincinnati, and they needed girls to work in the ticket office because people would call in for tickets or stop by, and so they always had somebody manning that desk, and I worked there with alternating with a couple of other girls. So if I had too much studying to do, one of them would work. And, but I always had an extra you know, money, to a job to make extra money because I needed it. I had a little scholarship, but... And I had loans, but you know, college in those days, six hundred dollars paid for half a year's tuition. <laughs> and where'd you go to college? It's called well, it was called Edgecliff College. It's now become a part of Xavier University because it was one of those small, all-girls schools that just couldn't survive yeah. financially. So they merged with Xavier, which was right up the Parkway from it, and they still consider us as their alumni but you know it's hard to feel close to it because i didn't really go to school there yeah and then did you were you a certain major or when you went into college what did you want to do? uh i majored in english which was a bachelor of arts degree yeah and that was my major english and, literature, i guess you'd call it and that was that way from the beginning that's kind of what do you mean from you, the beginning of what like when you went into college you you uh-huh. well declared. i didn't have to choose my major we took you know, all kinds of courses the first two years, but by our junior year we had to declare a major, and that's what mine was, was English. Because I wanted to teach, and I did. I taught English for four years. Yeah. Then did you, Is it where is Edgecliff, Cincinnati? Where is the school? Yeah. It was, um, it's not there anymore. I mean, there's some of the old buildings that are there, but I, I can't remember what somebody told me they sold it for, but it was, uh, 
located on an old estate that there was a home, and that was the dorm. It had like 13 bedrooms in it. You know, and for the first year that I went there, I had two roommates in one of the upstairs bedrooms, and that's where we lived for the whole year. But while that year was happening, they built a new dorm on the campus, a brand-new dorm, and we lived there after that. And then Judy attended there, too, in the dorm. What was it like kind of moving away from home the first time? Oh, I was excited. It didn't bother me. Not that I was anxious to get away from home, but I wasn't a bit anxious about it. Because, you know, when you live in a small town and you run out of things to do, the idea of living in a town the size of Cincinnati was exciting. I mean, I didn't have a car. We couldn't have cars. Not that I would have had one anyway. But we walked. We had shopping and restaurants close enough to walk to. And some of the students that were our classmates that they lived in Cincinnati, we called them day hoppers because they they drove to school and went back home. But they had cars, and we became friends, you know, with a lot of them. And they would come and invite us to their homes for the weekend and stuff like that. But no, I I had a, a great time. Met and what made you what made you choose Edgecliff? Scholarship. What was that for? Just academics? Yeah. They offered me six hundred dollars, and that was half of the expense. So, <laughs> can you imagine that? Can you really? Can you imagine that's all it was? Screwed. A lot of, that's a lot of hours at Krispy Kreme. That's right. <laughs> well, and that paid for about half of it. And then I had a student loan, and I don't remember what that was, but I had it. I got it paid off partially by teaching. That's you could do that back in the day. And hmm. then um, the balance of it, you know, for my spending money. That's why I had, when I was able to get a part-time job, that was for just spending money. And I did have enough money saved up. I got a used car. Before I started teaching, I had to have a way to get to school. And Dad helped me find it, of course. It was yeah. a used car, but it was a good one. I think it was an Oldsmobile sedan of some kind. And then when I sold it, I got a brand-new Nova. <laughs> but it was fun to get a new car. Yeah. Um, did you date anybody in college? No, there wasn't anybody to date. I mean, it was all <laughs> girls. Right. There weren't, and sometimes. Did you they, see guys or boys? or? Well, for example, Xavier University, as I said, was up the parkway, and they would have mixers, as they called them. We didn't have any place to have one, but a lot of the girls would drive up there. And But I never – I would go a couple of times, but I never met anybody in college that I was really interested in dating. Yeah. Who were your friends in college? The girls in the dorm. Anybody in – Anybody you got really close to, I guess? Um. My roommate for the last two years, which was in the new dorm, is her name is Sherry, and I'm still I I can't say I'm close to her because I don't talk to her that often. But she went back to live in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where she's from. She's married. She has grown kids. <laughs> we saw her on our road trip, right? You saw our road trip to where? When we when we did our road trip back to Cincinnati, we stopped in Louisville and I think mm-hmm. stayed with her. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and I've talked to her lately. Her, unfortunately, her husband, he was a teacher too, but he has, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the disease. It's one of those chronic diseases that you can't cure, mm-hmm. and it 
slowly eats away at you. He probably won't live very much longer. I can't even think of it. If I if I do, I'll I'll tell you. But um, it's painful. Yeah. If I think of it, I'll tell you. But I talk to her oh, maybe twice a year. I'll call her. And she and her oldest daughter have started a dance studio because her daughter was a very good dancer, you know, like ballet and tap dance and things that girls like to do. Yeah. And so she's opened and has for several, well, probably ten years or more, they have a very successful dance studio down there. And Sherry goes in and just mans the front desk for her, you know, let yeah. tells people where to go and where their class is. So anyway, but other than that, from college, um, I can't say I'm in touch with anybody that else that I went to school with. I, I could name names, but... Yeah. There's nobody that I, you know, communicate with regularly. Well, we're we're about at an hour right now, and we kind of got up to college. Um, definitely want to maybe talk about other things growing up and your siblings. All right, what do you want to hear about? Um, well, I mean, this is this is a great start. Um, do you, yeah, do you, you want to stop for now? We can. I was going to say, did you have any other memories that you had well, jotted I'm down looking, that were I'm looking here between at my notes that I, that I wrote you know, down, uh, growing up through college? Yeah, let me see here. Well, through college, let's see. The next thing I have on here after that is um, my first real job teaching, which would be after college, obviously. Okay. And then after I left teaching, I talk about my first job here. I just made some notes. And then um, talking about moving to Denver because, you know, Dad and I got married in Cincinnati, but we only lived there. We got married in 74, and we moved out here in June of 78, which was the year Mike was born. I was pregnant with him. But I've got notes on that, so we can do that next time. 